So when I was younger, I was always envious of American girls who were in cheerleading groups in their high schools. Their image has always been impeccable. They were smiling, they were athletic, and I wanted to spend my time so happily as well. This was how Skylar's life seemed to be. But since we are talking about criminal cases, there is something in her life that puts her in the courtroom. And in this story, it turns out that it is difficult to come to clear conclusions, despite the fact that we have a fairly detailed description of her relationship with the environment and the family. We are opening the case files of Skylar Richardson. Skylar Richardson was born in March of 9, 1999. This means that today, in 2021, she's 22 years old. The girl grew up in Carlisle, Ohio, a very small town of just 5,000 inhabitants. She had a brother, Jackson. Her parents are Tim and Scott Richardson. The family seemed to be really, really in tune, healthy, caring, siblings who get along because the age difference is not so big. They had similar interests and topics, and Skylar and Jackson were extremely athletic and spent a lot of time at school. Jackson played in a soccer team, and Skylar was a flying chill leader. She had to be really, really agile, flexible, but also very important in this case, light. She couldn't be very muscular because muscles weighed a lot, of course, and she couldn't have too much fat as well. And the girl really took care of her shape. In general, it seemed like she took everything seriously, all the stuff in her life. She tried to meet the expectations of her mom, dad, school. She was a keen cheerleader, a good student, and an obedient daughter. It sounds perfect, right? But these ideal children, who are often so obedient, experience profound queries. Skylar also had very good grades. She was on the student council and tried to get involved in all the extracurricular activities she could. Some people will think, oh my god, such a great child, well-organized, thorough, resourceful. But when I hear about such children, I immediately turn on the red light because it may indicate that one of the parents is narcissistic and the child is trying to meet their high expectations. If there is too much pressure on a person, especially the child, it may lead to a situation when the person will let go the tension at the least expected moment. But we will still talk about her relationship with the parents, because thanks to this it will be easier for us to understand the motives of Skylar's subsequent actions. Her passion, dance, probably helped her to express herself and release the negative energy. The girl took the sport seriously, so seriously that she fell into bulimia. From the age of 12, she struggled with this problem. Bulimia is a condition associated with inadequate nutrition. People who suffer from this disease often eat a lot more calories than their body needs and then force themselves to return it. It is a disorder that can lead to a worsening mental and physical condition. Her mother said in an interview that bulimia was 95% of a teenager's life and that it was the only thing her daughter thought about. She even mentioned that Skylar didn't want to buy chewing gum because it had too many calories. But since the mother knew that the girl was having trouble eating, did she take any steps to help her? In this case, much is said about the narcissistic role of the mother, which could have had an impact on the girl and her mental state. You'll find interviews with Skylar's mother online, so you will be able to judge for yourself what impression she made on you. 
In general, the woman says that she knew about her daughter's problem. She tried to support her and tried to guide her to specialists who would help her with the struggles. But on the other hand, we know that Skylar's mother was someone who cared deeply about the reputation of her own family and made them appear harmonious and happy from the outside. On the other hand, though, a woman often paid attention to her daughter's appearance. In an interview with 48 Hours, she says that Skylar is very secretive and doesn't want to share her problems and thoughts with anyone. Of course, there must be a reason why a girl doesn't want to talk to her mother. Is she afraid of criticism? Or does she know that she cannot trust her? Or maybe the mother is not telling the truth. Maybe the mother is the one that is not interested in what is happening to the girl. Skylar was a teenager who really didn't share her dilemmas with others. At least that's what her mother says, although we will soon find that there is a significant dissociation between what the mother says and what the daughter is actually trying to do to get her attention. Her mother is unable to recognize the signals and, knowingly or not, blocks any attempts to make such a contact. Perhaps her daughter's problem would be uncomfortable for her and she would have to support her, which would require an effort. Skylar's mother is a person who believes that one of the most important female values is her appearance, and a character itself doesn't really matter. Therefore, by many psychiatrists, Skylar's mother was considered a narcissistic mother. Eventually, Skylar was diagnosed with bulimia. She was in a really difficult moment in her life, although no one would even have guessed it, because colleagues always looked at her as an exemplary student who was successful in every possible field. The girl had problems with hunger, sometimes she was eating a lot, sometimes she was not eating anything, trained a lot. In July 2016, she started dating one of her cousin's friend named Trey, and they've been meeting for some time. However, it was nothing serious, although they have slept together for sure. The couple broke up soon, and the girl fell out of love as fast as she started meeting the guy. In 2017, the teenager had a new boyfriend, he was a freshman in high school, and his name was Brandon. Skylar really liked Brandon, and their relationship was the most serious she have had so far. She had feelings for him, and the boy took the relationship seriously as well. Her parents really liked him and thought that he had a good influence on her. During this time, Skylar seemed to be very, very happy. Interestingly, the girl has started to gain weight again recently, and Skylar's parents, in later interviews, said that it was a joyful time for them because they thought that she didn't have so many problems anymore. Well, I would look at this interview with a certain degree of suspicion. I mean, this mother's interview, because it was the one who emotionally fed her daughter's insecurity about her own body. But how? Hmm, a mother who is glad that her daughter is no longer struggling would be the one who partially is responsible for the problems. Fortunately, we have text messages that speak for themselves, but we'll get to that as well in a moment. Skylar was 18 at the time of the events we are talking about. We see a girl who has a normal physique, and during this period of time, the, the parents were convinced that their daughter finally stopped thinking about her weight. Or at least, that's what Skylar's mother says. Soon after returning from the vacation, the girl went to see a doctor. Some sources say that her mother made an appointment with a gynecologist, 
since things were getting more serious with Brandon and she thought that Skylar should be interested in contraception. But in other sources, I found out that it was the teenager herself who asked her mother to make an appointment at the clinic because she suspected she might be pregnant. Of course, she didn't tell anyone about those suspicions. Her period was most likely late and she could start to worry. While it might also be that the absence of a period was not so unusual for her, since she suffered from bulimia, it is quite likely that she had experienced a lack of period before due to malnutrition. It might have taken a long time to think that something was wrong. The day before the visit, she wrote a long message to her mother in which we can read. Could I not see the doctor tomorrow? I changed my mind. I don't want to take those pills. I'm too scared and besides, I want to look great at a prom and I'm afraid that these drugs will make me look worse. It kills me with distress because I look like this. I really hate myself for it. It's gonna be prom and I'll look so bad. I destroyed everything and now I'm afraid of this situation. Tell me everything is gonna be okay. You can see here an indirect call for help and the girl's sense of instability. Her mother replies, Everything will be okay. I'm here for you. Just relax and don't panic. But mom, I really want to look great. I hate the state I am in. Honey, you run every day. You eat healthy food for real. If you take this seriously, you will lose weight to prom. And here the mother doesn't tell Skylar that her daughter looks good. On the contrary, actually, she reassures her that if she tries enough, she will be rewarded with a slimmer body. The next day, April 27, 2017, Skylar and her mother went to the clinic. The girl herself entered the office and her mother was waiting in a corridor. When Skylar went out from the specialist, it was clear that she was crying. Her mom saw it and was worried about it, but Skylar said it was her first time at the gynecologist, that she was nervous, that she was a little bit intimidated, that's why it happened. But of course it wasn't the real reason why the girl cried. When she was at the doctor's office, she received a message that she would be giving birth in about 10 weeks. So in more than two months. Can you imagine this? The girl was seven months pregnant and nobody, absolutely nobody from the family or friends thought that something was happening. The gynecologist did not really know exactly when the baby could be born and he was not able to determine when the baby was conceived. The dress photo shows Skylar a few days before the birth. The gynecologist offered her prenatal care, but she refused it. Instead, she asked the doctor for a contraceptive prescription because she was concerned that her mom would be upset if she left the visit and didn't take a prescription with her because that was the reason why they showed up there at all. So the doctor made the decision and prescribed her medications, despite the fact that she was in an advanced stage of pregnancy. The teenager was in a bad mental state and it didn't seem like she was happy to hear that she was pregnant. But I am just wondering if the doctor was thinking about it that the girl could really use those pills and put herself and a baby life at risk. It was her decision not to tell her mother about the pregnancy. She was an adult and she had a right to do so, but was that the best solution for the doctor he could make at that moment when it comes to those pills? The doctor informed the girl that she absolutely had to come back for another prenatal examination. Besides, he doesn't want the girl to hurt herself or the baby. In fact, the delivery was much closer than the doctor expected, as she was only 11 days away from that moment. A few days before the baby was born, Skylar received a message from her mother. We are leaving soon, but do something about it. Go for a run because it's really close. 
Did he say something about your belly? And I wish I could be open because even your dad asked about the belly. So please find a way to get back to normal as soon as possible. Okay, I'll go for a run and do some exercise. Great, I fight with you. Then Skylar and her mother talk about the fact that the girl has gone for a run and that it helped her a lot, that she's feeling better. Her mother assures her that she will lose weight soon and it will help her as well. She urges her daughter to do some more squats, which will definitely improve her fat burning. An interesting feature of narcissistic mother is that they consider their children to be their inherent property. If a child is praised by those around them, they have the impression that it applies to them. That's why Skylar's mother was so proud of her daughter when she spoke of being thin, because she felt that this would make her daughter beautiful, praised and valuable. In those messages, Skylar writes to her mother about her efforts to lose weight, because only then does she receive attention praise and love from her mother. When she suggests all the problems, her mother instantly changes for an evaluator and a rejecter. A narcissistic mother doesn't care about the child's feelings, only when the child does something that builds up her ego. In this case, it was the outward appearance of her own daughter. The relationship of a narcissistic mother to her child is similar to that of a person to an object. You love an object when it gives you something, otherwise it is not worth your attention. A few days after visiting the gynecologist, Skylar's mom sends her a message. Are you already at school? I just came in. Why? This is the doctor's email from the last visit. What does pregnancy PT mean? I don't know. I can call later and ask. You should call now. Don't joke that you're gonna do it later. Your life can literally end and you say that you'll call later. Sorry, mom. It was a mistake. I'm sorry, mom. Hope you're not angry or stressed. It's a prom week. Please, let's be in a good mood. You have no idea. My heart stopped. I care too much about our future and I want us to have one. Otherwise, it would be over. I need a couple of minutes to get back to myself. A week before birth, her mother writes, I'm fighting with you. You want to make yourself proud again. And Brandon will also benefit from having such a beautiful girl. Indirectly, the mother communicates that Skylar will be a valuable person when she becomes thin. It was then that the girl was also preparing for the prom. Both the daughter and her mother wanted that the teenager look stunning. When she was going to prom, she was close to giving birth, and by then the dress could barely fit. Of course, it barely fit, but the Skylar didn't look like she was in her last month of her pregnancy. So she went to the ball, she came home, and still had a normal life. Two days before the delivery, she wrote, I burned 300 kilocalories on the treadmill today. I feel better. I didn't have time to take a picture to show myself. You look fantastic. Skylar is a young girl who, because of the way she is treated by her mother, nurtures narcissistic behaviors herself. On the Live Abuse Free channel on YouTube, the author talks about the relationship between Skylar and her mother. The girl tried to satisfy others, especially her mother, which gradually made her lose touch with her own needs and emotions. As a result, she had no empathy for herself and for the others. Then, a few days after the prom, the girl secretly gives a birth to the child. After giving birth, she sends a message to the mother. I just don't have words. I am so happy. My stomach is back to normal. I will never allow myself to look like this ever, ever again. You will see that I look so much better than ever. That's what I'm talking about. Your positive attitude has paid off. I'm so proud of you. You'll look great at school tomorrow. 
The truth is that childbirth without the support of her relatives was not easy, but she doesn't decide to talk about her feelings at all. On the contrary, she wants to build up her mother's ego at the expense of expressing her own emotions. Then she gets praise, peace, and a moment of high self-esteem. Mother and daughter exchange many other messages that focus on how Skylar looks great now, how proud her mother is, and how others will admire her at school. Two months after giving a birth, the girl is contacted by a gynecologist who asks her for an appointment. Skylar has no choice but to show up at the cleaning, although at first she didn't particularly answer to the phone and pretended that she didn't exist. This time, she is going alone. There, she admits that she had a baby, but it was already dead, so she buried it in the back of her garden. The doctor is shocked. The girl gave the birth to the child alone, without the doctor or midwife, asked no one for help, and later buried the newborn in a garden. This lights up the red light in his head really fast, although at the moment they meet, he's supporting Skylar because she's sobbing and she tells the story. The doctor is not going to leave this without any attention. Shortly after, he contacts the police about the deceased child. He has his own suspicions. During this last meeting with the girl, there was no indication that the child might have any problems. Skylar felt good physically and mentally in the postpartum period. She was enjoying her new body. She told her mother and friends that she felt beautiful. In the text message, she writes to her mother how she went to school, and one of her friends shouted aloud in a class that the girl had lost dozens of kilograms, and everyone started clapping to congratulate her. The girl was very proud of herself and knew that this news would please her mother. And this few months normalized the situation with the weight fluctuations. But then there's a policeman that is knocking on her doors. He asks Skylar's mother to invite her daughter to the door. He tells her that they have to go to the police station because they want to talk about something. At the same time, he reassures her that she's in no trouble, but they need to explain something. The first hearing took place on July 14, 2017, and at this point, Skylar's parents had no idea what this might be, but obviously were very stressed. They had no idea that the police received a call and had found out from one of the gynecologists that Skylar was pregnant and probably buried the newborn in her backyard. During the interrogations, Skylar immediately told about her single pregnancy, about hiding it, and about the fact that the baby was a stillborn. She claimed that two months after the first visit, she returned to the doctor's office and admitted there that she had given birth to a stillborn child. Skylar's parents also attend the audition and are initially unable to believe what they are hearing. The girl asks them for forgiveness, and although the parents don't know how to react at the beginning, they all hug each other at the end. When talking to her parents, however, Skylar's mother seems to be more interested in what the neighbors will think of her daughter than in what happened to the newborn and what are the reasons why Skylar didn't tell them about the pregnancy. On May 7, 2017, the teenager was again invited to a follow-up interview. She then testified that she began experiencing labor pains quite early in the day, but didn't tell anyone about it and had a baby the same night in the bathroom of her home. Her brother's room with him inside was right next door. 
She said that the baby was not breathing when it was born and that there was no heartbeat. She tried everything she could to help save the baby, but nothing worked. She said that she went out to the backyard, dug a small grave and buried her newborn stillborn baby herself. In the interrogation room, she mentioned several times that she did not kill him, that it was a burn lifeless. But that's what the policeman had to check. This is what makes them wonder. Did a girl who hides her pregnancy and gives birth alone really wants this child? If not, could she go so far and take its life away? Now this is where the question becomes the most essential part of the matter. Whether the baby was born alive or not. The policemen go to the yard where they found the buried remains of the newborn. The body is transported for an autopsy. At the interview, Skylar cuddles up to mom and her dad. Says, mommy, I'm sorry. She confesses that the baby was named Annabelle and the father was the boy before Brandon, Trey. So the whole family returned home. We don't really know if the parents were angry with the girl or were talking about what happened. In any case, less than a week later, because a policeman called on the Richardson family phone six days later, Skylar was asked to do another audition. A pathologist report came in stating that the baby was set on fire. At first, Skylar says that she has no idea what they are talking about. She swears by holding the interrogating woman's hand that she didn't set newborn on fire. However, later, she changes her mind. She said she might have burned the baby's legs a little bit with the lighter. She tried to cremate the newborn a little. I don't think I need to tell you that the policeman now knew how serious was the matter. Skylar in the following hours says that the child may have been alive and that it may have made some sounds, but she's not sure. Due to this last testimony, the girl was arrested on charges of reckless manslaughter. Skylar is transported to a prison, however, her parents don't want her daughter to spend time there. Of course, they pay a deposit, and this allowed Skylar to return home before the trial begin. Two weeks later, the case was brought before a grand jury with new charges. This time she was charged with qualified murder, which is a really, really serious charge. In Ohio, it carries a life sentence. She was also charged with manslaughter and endangering children and mistreatment of the body. Skylar's parents said it was an absurd, that there is no way Skylar would hurt this baby, that the baby was born dead. But as a result of further charges, she was arrested again and taken back to the prison. However, her parents saved her again. Such a serious matter could not escape the press, which had a huge impact on how the girl was perceived and how the society began to engage in activities related to those events. The townspeople were angry and protested in many places in front of the courthouse, shouting that she should receive the highest possible punishment outside their homes and on the streets. Some have demanded a life sentence for the girl despite the fact that at that moment not all the issues have been resolved, we didn't know everything. Interestingly and rather unexpectedly, the report on the corpse of the newborn was updated shortly after. This is rather hard to expect and I don't know if you thought it could happen, but specifically in this new report it was stated that the previous one was wrong. And in fact, there was no burn on a baby or trace of such incident on a body at all. And that becomes a leading part of Skylar's defense. Her defense claims that the day she was interrogated, she was pushed by the policeman to plead guilty to setting the child on fire. 
After all, at first she refused to do anything similar. During the interrogations, after obtaining the first report, she said, I didn't set the child on fire, I promise I did not. In fact, she said that 17 times. The part that the baby might have been alive was suggested by the detective. Then the girl said she didn't know, maybe the baby was actually making some sounds. According to the defense, the girl, due to her personality disorders, could agree to testify, which was suggested by the police. According to the defense, due to the fact that at the age of 12 she was abused, she agrees to do things that are imposed by others. Therefore, the court and part of the public began to question the authenticity of the entire hearing. Then everyone turned to the recordings made on the day Skylar was at the police station. It was an essential part of the court hearing. The trial began on September 3rd, 2019, and in July 2019, the prosecution contacted Skylar's attorney and tried to get a deal. He said that they would drop the murder charges if the 20-year-old agreed to plead guilty to the remaining charges. But Skylar decided to decline the offer. She said, I wanted me to things that I didn't do. Now the biggest challenge for the prosecution was that there was no evidence that the baby was still alive right after giving birth. This is the most important question, whether the baby was a stillborn or not. What might indicate that the baby was alive? Some sources mentioned that a doctor performed an ultrasound at the first meeting and in other sources that it didn't happen. So I think this ultrasound might be a good reference to if there were any problems happening with the fetus. Although it is known that ultrasound cannot detect everything. This is rather a side information as it is not confirmed, but I thought it was better to mention this as you might wonder what research was done at that time, because the autopsy could not tell if the baby was stillborn. Could anything bad have happened in the 11 days leading up to the birth? Theoretically yes, practically too, but it didn't have to. Therefore we are still in a sphere of speculation. And then there was a new revelation. It has been proven that Skylar took the pills that her doctor prescribed. Was this that caused the birth in such a short period of time since the last time the teenager showed up at the clinic? It may or may not have been so, but surely here comes the proof that the baby was unwanted. The second reason is hiding the pregnancy from the whole family and her boyfriend. Another point is that the girl didn't have a nurse, no crib, no bottle. She had absolutely nothing to keep the baby alive. This indicates that the girl didn't think about the future of her newborn. She never had any plan. The courtroom reported searches online that indicated that Skylar was looking for ways to get rid of the baby. Skylar wanted to have an abortion, but when she found out that she was pregnant, it was really late. Remember how I mentioned you that she might have had problems with menstruation before? It is quite possible that her period was so long late that it took the girl a few months to decide that something was going wrong. Perhaps that was why she found out so late that she was pregnant. The defense explained that the girl's actions were caused by her family pressure. According to them, Skylar's mom was obsessed with the image. They said that she put a lot of pressure on her children to make them look like a perfectly harmonious family. In this abundance of information, alternative versions of events suggested by internet users and residents began to appear. They claimed that a mother knew about the pregnancy and this is because the results from the gynecologists were sent to Skylar's mother. What about the teenager's boyfriend? Did he suspect anything either? After all, they were sleeping together for those nine months. According to the boy's testimony, he had no idea about anything, but the night before the delivery, Skylar sent him a message. 
Last night was the worst I've ever had, but I feel so much better. I'm happy. In the courtroom, the pathologist explained that they originally thought that the baby was burned, but realized on another evaluation that there was no burn mark on the baby. Very strange, but they also said that there was no evidence that Skylar killed the baby or that the baby was born alive. It is quite confusing what this man said, but on the other hand, I imagine that if you get a newborn's baby, it is delicate. Not only the tissues decompose very quickly, but also the bones are much less mineralized. It is difficult to determine what happened to the body after two months after death. The fence further indicates that Skylar during childbirth didn't cut the umbilical cords, which means that the baby may have detached during pregnancy and died before the delivery. They also said that Skylar described the baby as truly white and pale during the interrogations, which is a typical of stillborn's baby appearance. In addition, the girl gained about 15 pounds, which is really, really not a lot. Her eating disorders at the time were very strong, and they may have contributed to the death of the fetus. On September 12, 2019, the jury announced its verdict. Skylar was found innocent of all the charges. However, there was an additional objection, gross abuse of a cadaver. It is a crime punishable by a year in prison, but the girl didn't receive such a sentence, but she was suspended for three years. It was an amazing relief for the girl and her family. The whole family went through a lot during this process, but eventually came out unscattered. The question that comes to my mind is why did the girl didn't go to the hospital when she gave the birth? Does it mean that the town she lived in was so small that she was afraid that someone would find out? On the other hand, however, she went to the gynecologist. I wonder if she didn't go to the hospital because she was afraid that someone else would find out or if she just knew that she didn't want this child to be alive. So that's all for today's case. If you stayed till the end, write in the comment section crime story. Thank you so much for the time spent together. And if you still have a moment, listen to another case on my channel. See you in the next episode. Ciao. Beijos.